0: This show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another, to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode, my loves. I'm so excited to share this conversation I had with human design expert, Tanya Reyes. Now, before Tanya understood that she was a reflector and delved into this human design work, she viewed her sensitivity as weakness. But now she realizes that it's one of her greatest gifts in helping guide others into alignment. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about what human design is and why we need to care about it, why it's the ultimate self-awareness tool, and how we can begin to leverage our own human design for ultimate performance.
1: I'm going to really let you lead this conversation in terms of providing the value, but I guess we'll start with like what is human design and why should we, why should we be aware of it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, when I was first getting into human design, that was the hardest question for me to answer. What even is this? And now my go-to definition is this is a system to help us live more in flow. And it really provides us with a blueprint for our energy and how we're designed to operate in the world. And there's just no one size fits all with human design. Everyone's chart is completely different from the next depending on where you were born, your time of birth and your date of birth. And with that information alone, anyone can pull up their chart. And the internet is kind of the wild, wild west of human design. So it is really helpful to have a guide or a reader to kind of help you pull things together for your chart. But what you can take away from it are grounded and practical tools to utilize in your everyday life so that you live with less resistance and more flow and ease and ultimately move towards your purpose in a way that feels really authentic. To you, And it kind of liberates us from these boxes that we have put ourselves in or that society has put us in, in terms of the way we're meant to do things or what success really looks like, because we're all so different and unique and human design really drives that home and drills that into us that we're different in the way we're designed to make decisions and the way we're meant to engage with opportunities and the way that our energy fluctuates. Some of us are energy types, which are generators and manifestors. And some of us are non-energy types, which are projectors and reflectors. So there just is no cookie cutter definition of this is how we need to be this is how we need to operate this is what success really means and human design kind of peels all of that back and brings us home to the core of who we are our true essence and with that gives us some experiments that we can
1: engage with and see what works for us and what doesn't i love that so much so basically, and especially for people who are perhaps more in their masculine. And I'm I'm very open about, about that. I, I have a strong masculine energy. I do have a strong feminine as well, but when I get into my masculine, it tends to be in my work. And then I get very structured and very focused and the 3d physical world in terms of work and performance, it is based on the masculine structure. And so what I'm hearing you say is that's great, but every person has their own blueprint of how they can be working that, that takes into consideration what what I picked up was like the energy level part, which is huge to get to that and goal. And I think a lot of people think that they're like not destined for success or their failures because they don't work in the same way that we've been told that we need to work. I mean, even the nine to five structure is, might not work for everyone. So I love that, that definition. And I think that everyone should be really excited to learn more about their human design, because it's really giving you your own unique blueprint of how you can show up more, like more of yourself but also to get to the thing that you want because when we're living in this 3d physical world that's what everybody is after like i want to get this goal so get the goal but do it in the way that's like the best for you and your human design so where would you direct people to just so that if people can even pause this podcast now and say like go find your human design here and we'll have it linked in the show notes as well
2: Yeah, I love geneticmatrix.com. That's my favorite software that I like to use. I find it's the most reliable as well. And just to add on something for the definition as well, what I always say is human design just gives us so many permission slips. Our chart is just full of all of these permission slips. And often in a session, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know about yourself, but I'm just bringing to light the things that you've either forgotten or stuffed down, or it's just a quiet part of yourself. But really, to live in your highest expression of yourself, we need to amp that up and amp up the volume of the things that you've kind of shied away from. And it's rare that I leave a session and someone's like, whoa, I've didn't know any of that about myself usually my clients their mind is blown but because it just really hits the nail on the head of who they are and who they remember being as a child even and also it can kind of identify where we lost ourselves along the way and how to reconnect
1: with our true selves and our individual expression Yeah, I love that. When you did the masterclass in the academy, like I had never felt so seen. Like I felt understood when you were, so I'm a manifester. And so when you were describing how a manifestor works and like their the the personality and I was like that that's me a hundred percent you know the, the energy and then and then you know feeling like I don't have energy and just before I had thought oh my gosh I can't sustain my energy what's wrong with me whereas when I learned about my human design I'm like okay, that's just the way that my energy fluctuates and I can have a lot of energy, but then I need to really refuel. And yeah, I loved when you said that it gives like permission slips. And I think that like, we just need more of that in life.
2: And just to kind of explain a little bit of what you're talking about in terms of the manifestor personality and how your energy works for any other manifestors that are out there. So firstly, there are only about Well, I don't know the exact number, but about nine to 10 ish percent of the population are manifestors. So you are very unique. There aren't a lot of manifestors proportionately. And something that is so, so special about the manifestor energy type is that you can create energy out of nothing. You walk into the room and the energy shifts. You want something to happen. You can probably make it happen. And the thing about the manifestor energy flow when it comes to work is manifestors are gifted with these urges and these urges, when they come through like a flash of inspiration or something beyond yourself. And it's just this feeling of, I need to do this. I have to do this right now. Nobody get in my way. No one interrupt me. That feeling, you have so much power when you're in an urge. And those are the times when you can probably work on something for 12 hours straight or a whole week straight and just get it done and bring it to life. But after that, there's a lull that happens, or there's kind of a reset where all of a sudden that energy is not there. And often manifestors are prone to burnout when they're consistently holding themselves to this high standard of output and productivity that they know they're capable of when they're in an urge, but the urge is temporary. It's finite. It's like this spark that ignites and it's there, you live it. And once it's gone, it dims. And then you need to rest and recharge. And often manifestors don't give themselves that permission to slow down and recharge because they know how much they can do and how much they can bring to life. And so for when it comes to work flow, I think about the manifestor style as hit style sprints. Like you can go really hard, but then you need to kind of pause in between, but it is really important for the manifestor to follow those urges, those sparks of inspiration But to be able to really give your all when the urge strikes, you need to be rested enough. You need to be restored so that you have something to give to whatever the urge is asking of you. So that is the number one takeaway I find for most manifestors in session when we're talking about work and productivity is how critical it is for you to honor the ebbs of your energy and the manifestor energy really is a series of ebbs and flows and to really own the urge when it strikes, but to also really own your downtime as the sacred chapter or this sacred phase for you to recharge and prepare
1: yourself for the next urge to come through. That really hit home for me because, um, as I said, I'm told myself the standard that I always need to perform at that level. But what I'm hearing you say is that like, if I don't manage my energy properly, I won't actually have the power when I need it at the time of urge. Like if I'm burned out and run down, then I have this like inspiration come up. Like I actually won't have that energy to use in that moment. Whereas if I trust that I need to take, the rest when that high period is done, that, that I need to take that rest. I honor my body and I take that rest and I trust that I'm not going to miss out on opportunities. Cause that's another thing, right? That's like, there's a fear that comes in. Like if I'm not performing at the highest level, then I'm going to miss opportunities that, that that that's scarcity right there. Um, so if I just trust that the opportunities are going to come and that this is like this is the best thing for me right now then i will actually have the energy to execute most powerfully when that inspiration comes cuz i i so resonated with everything you said like when i'm inspired Oh my gosh. It's like, I literally have God next to me guiding me. And I just feel like I not only love everyone and everything, but I'm just like, I feel truly unstoppable. And I think I just need to get better at honoring, um, when I don't feel like that. And it's like, it's, it's a journey, but it's been really cool to learn my human design in understanding that. So I, I loved that. So let's go into some of the other human designs then in terms of let's focus on energy um, since we started there.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about the other energy type generators and manifesting generators. And so the main characteristic of a generator is that you have a defined sacral center And if you're looking on your chart, this is in the center kind of row of shapes that you will see. And it's the second from the bottom in the middle. And this is a pure life force center. Generators are gifted with this battery in a sense. The sacral is this motor that keeps you going. It helps you persevere. It helps you commit your, when you commit your energy to something as a generator, You can see it through to the end. It has this staying power. And the beautiful thing about the sacral center is that it regenerates itself. Generators wake up with this full tank of gas that they need to use up throughout their day, doing satisfying things or pouring themselves into people and projects and activities that bring them this certain sense of satisfaction. And the more that generators are engaged in activities and commitments that light them up or excite them or just make them feel good the more energy they actually get from that activity and the more they actually supercharge their sacral center so it is so important for generators to a really honor their noes and by saying no to the things that they just aren't lit up about they harness their power and by saying yes to the things that feel interesting to them or they feel this physical pull towards because the sacral center is very physical those are the things that are correct uses of their energy and so honoring their nose and following the yeses, the hints of inspiration and excitement, because those things that are pulling you are going to give you energy. And the rest of us who aren't a generator type, we get to feed off of your amplified life force because we don't have a sacral center. So it really is of greatest service, not only to themselves as generators, but to the collective to be really particular about what they say yes to and to make sure that there are things that interest them and excite them and light them up and give them this light uplifting feeling. I know it's not possible to only do things we want to do. Of course, there are always going to be those nagging things on our to-do lists that we don't really have any desire to do. But the ultimate goal, I suppose, for a generator is to have more things that you enjoy and that light you up and that give you energy in your life than the things that deplete you. Because when something depletes a generator, their energy gets zapped and they may feel lethargic and frustrated. And it's just such a dynamic difference between a generator that is using their energy correctly. They have longevity and perseverance. And when they hit a wall or meet a challenge, they get through it. Whereas if they enter into something, they say yes to something that in their gut, they feel like, no, I don't really want to do this, but their mind will get in the way and talk them out of it and say, but I don't want this person to think less of me or I don't want to disappoint them or whatever. So they talk themselves into saying yes, even though their physical body is saying it's a no, those are the times when it feels like they're continuously meeting resistance or they're always hitting a wall or they can't get anything off the ground and they're just frustrated all the time and low energy. So it really is such a beautiful when a generator is using their energy correctly because things just flow for them. Life can feel easy. And when a generator is misaligned in a way, that is just a time to kind of check in, okay, what are some things I can let go of? What is this one thing in work or as an entrepreneur that I just can't stand doing hire someone? Like how can you offload some of those things or ask for help with the things that you just don't have any desire to do? Because for you, your power as a generator comes from following your gut. And that's as well, a tool that is unique to the generator type. Like the advice of listen to your gut is kind of mainstream. We all hear it, but Myself as a reflector, I genuinely don't know what a gut response feels like in my body. I, of course, can feel within my being in my own way whether something feels right for me or not. But when a generator is really tuned into their body, it's strong for them. This feeling in their stomach or this physiological response that either opens up and is feeling pulled excited interested in this thing or closes off maybe they get this hanging nagging pulley pulling feeling in their belly or something like that the physical clues for a generator are one of their greatest tools in determining whether something is a yes for them or whether it is a no and so for generators who maybe don't know what a gut Response feels like in their body, that's okay. You're not broken. It's something that you can reconnect with. Often, this is something that isn't really encouraged in our generator children to follow their primal, mechanical, moment to moment physical response to things. That's not necessarily something that's nurtured. So, it's very common for generators to kind of lose it along the way, but it's something that is very much available to them as they start practicing living in response and the last kind of piece I'll say about generators and your strategy of living in response is if you're not feeling a gut response to things are you going out and initiating and trying to make things happen all the time because that's not the way your energy is designed to operate you need to wait for something to come towards you for the question to be asked of you to See the person that is going to initiate you into this new avenue of work or introduce you to this book or something, something needs to come into your life for your gut to be able to say yes and open up to this thing or to close off to it. But if you are running around trying to make things happen all the time and you're just frustrated and you don't know why things are happening or aren't happening for you, that is often the case is generators are trying to act like manifestors and manifestors are trying to act like generators in the sense of trying to maintain this consistent energy which you just don't necessarily have as a manifestor and then generators are trying to go out and initiate and make things happen but that's the manifestor strategy you when you were talking about um trusting that the opportunities will come. In my head, I was like, you don't need opportunities, you're going to create your own opportunities for anything of consequence to happen in a manifestor's life. It's them who lights the match and starts the fire and gets it going. So that is just a great comparison of how differently we can show up in the world. Generators need to wait for things to come towards them so that their body can respond. And manifestors need to stop waiting and just do the thing.
1: So yeah, I think that was kind of a good comparison. Yeah, that, that was awesome. And I love that because this really goes back to like, we are all so nuanced and we are all so different. And sometimes when we read a self-help book or a leadership book or a strategy book or a book on business, it tells us a strategy, but always look at it the lens of like, do some self-reflection. Like, is this applicable to me? Because when you, when you think about like business, some business strategists will say you have to go out and find the opportunity. But what I'm hearing you say is like, yeah, if you're a manifestor, But if you're a generator, you kind of need to sit with that trust more and know that it's going to come and then feel into your body. And that's so interesting. So what's the main difference between a generator and a manifesting generator? So great question. So
2: manifesting generators are still generators at their core. They still have a defined sacral center, but and I will say they still have the same strategy as a generator, which is to wait to respond, but they have this sprinkle of the manifestor quickness. So they actually can bring things to life quite quickly as well, like the manifestor type. And often MGs, they, this quickness of manifestor energy can mean falling in and out of things quite quickly. So their interests can change a lot. They can change paths and pivot a ton throughout their life. Often they are the multi-passionate of the bunch and have many different interests, and they are really here to create and build something that they love, just as generators are, but based on their different interests and passions, and often it's something that we haven't seen before the biggest challenge for manifesting generators I find is because they have this quickness of the manifester energy and kind of this natural inclination to initiate and start things and make things happen is it's really challenging for them to slow down. And it's so essential for them to be able to slow down so that they can respond in their gut via their sacral, which is their number one messenger in this life. It is like, their truth speaking through them is what their sacral is embracing. And so for MGs, my biggest advice is slow down. Once you have a gut response, then go ahead, get the ball rolling, make the thing happen. But it is like night and day for manifesting generators in terms of longevity and just not spreading themselves so thin When instead of just going out and starting all of the things, they first wait for that physical response that is the defining mechanism of a generator. When they wait for that to happen first and then they go, magic happens. Yeah.
1: So I have a really good friend, Petia, who's a manifesting generator and she is very in her body and she really responds to her body. So like when we're having a conversation, you know, she's like, oh yeah, I felt that. So everything is a feeling for her. She's like, yeah, I have goosebumps or everything, you know, like that's how it hits her. And she's very in her body. So that's really in line with what you're saying about tuning into your body and Letting that tell you what the answer is, whereas a lot of people don't ever use that verbiage. They would never say like use their body as a. Th- whereas for her, her body is always signaling to her. Every time something resonates for her, she points it out in her body. What why this why this makes sense? So that totally makes sense. What I think is really cool about the generator, it was like that battery thing that, that they can like keep recharging, but only if it's something that really lights them up. And so I think that's that's really important. If you are a, a generator, a manifesting generator, and you're just feeling super depleted, like think about what you can start removing from your life right now, because you're meant to. So going back to the sport analogy, like what would you liken in the... the generator to be like would that be more like a marathon like what would what's their fitness
2: <laughs> totally i think the marathon is a great analogy and the reason being that when they commit their energy to the right thing there really is this consistency and this steady daily cycle of energy that they get to experience and so i love that you just brought that home by saying what in your life can you Let go of if you are feeling depleted because you deserve to live an energized life. And when a generator is energized and aligned, they're healthy. And they also, a great sign for generators of whether or not they're using their energy correctly is when they go to bed, does their head hit the pillow and they're just out? Because if so, that means that you used up your full tank of gas. So there is kind of this motor maintenance that is necessary with the sacral and that is to deplete it every day so that you can slide into bed and fall asleep and have a restful rest. If a generator isn't using their full tank of gas, then they're restless at the end of the night or they're laying in bed staring at the ceiling. So that's a great checkpoint as well for the generator types.
1: Ooh, I love that. And so let's move. Oh, it's, is that the largest portion, like percentage wise of yeah. the population is generating? Yes. So
2: most of the world is made up of generators. They're about 70%, half of that being generators, half of that being manifesting generators. And they really are the pulse and vibration of the universe. And so that is another reason why collectively it is so, so important for generators to be enthused and satisfied and lit up by what they're doing because their vibration
1: really impacts the whole. Mm, I love that. Okay. So let's move on to reflector, which, which I, I, is one of my favorites. So let I'll let you take it away.
2: Yeah, so I am a reflector and reflectors are 1% of the population and this was very eye-opening for me because I definitely lived a very challenging existence in the sense that I was just so hypersensitive to the energy, the physical, the the psychological health of my environment, the emotional health and I always felt like this was a weakness of mine and so one of the biggest things I gained from human design and understanding what it means to be a reflector is how my sensitivity is a gift and so what makes reflectors so different from all of the other types is if you've pulled up your chart and instead of having some colored in shapes or centers in what you're looking at you see all white centers and this is because reflectors have all nine energy centers undefined or open and what this means is rather than putting energy out into the world through these centers we're taking in we're absorbing we're amplifying reflectors are kind of like the natural judges in the in a way because Where someone has definition, if you see a colored in center in your chart, this is a fixed aspect of yourself. This is a consistent way that you see the world, the way that you are received by others. And it's this energy that you are putting out into the world and the way others experience you and what you're noticed for reflectors don't have anything about them that is fixed and so reflectors are the most malleable and changeable and chameleonic and in my reflector experience and in all of the sessions I've had with many reflectors over the past couple of years I think they have a similar quality to manifesting generators in that they change paths a lot and they pivot and That really has a lot to do with environment, who they're surrounded by, because a reflector being completely open and undefined, they can really mold and become whatever it is that they're surrounded by and other people kind of initiate the reflector actually reflectors and manifestors get along great because the manifestors initiate the reflector and reflectors kind of need that and the thing to really embrace about being a reflector is that you're never going to be 100 percent certain all the time. You're not going to show up 100% consistently all the time. And the biggest defining kind of difference for reflectors in terms of decision-making is that we need to wait a full lunar cycle before making a big decision. And this is because we are so intensely impacted by the transits of the moon And if you're looking at your chart and you see all of those numbers and little lines coming off of the shapes, these are gates. And the moon transits through each one of those gates over the span of 28 days. And so mathematically, that works out to the moon transiting into a new gate every 11 hours or so. And so each time the moon shifts, it gives us a different perspective on things. We feel differently about the thing and waiting the 28 days really is just to encourage us to slow down and to understand that time is on our side and time is the greatest tool that we have as reflectors to come into our own and really get clear on what we actually want in life rather than living As a kind of homogenized version of the world around us, we have the potential to really stand apart but be at the center of our community because the reflectors kind of here to assess the environmental health and well being as well as being able to kind of pinpoint on who's living in alignment who's not who's ready to step into their power and individuality. And reflectors have a real real gift for that. So it is a long journey for a reflector to kind of peel back the layers of all of the things we've picked up from people along the way and different environments. And ultimately, what is really critical for our health and well-being is to align ourselves with an environment that feels really good for us, that's nourishing for us, and When it comes to work and kind of energy flow, we don't have consistent energy. We need to rest a lot. And I sleep a lot. I go to bed at like 930. I wake up early, but I need my eight hours of sleep every single night. And I used to feel bad about it. Like, oh, I'm just a boring grandma or, you know, like I would just kind of get down on myself about not being more exciting But now I realize how critical it is to be rested and as well, being so particular about who's in my field is so, so important because I feel everything. I, you can not say something, but I'm going to feel it from you anyways. And There really is this kind of hypersensitivity that reflectors are gifted with that can be a challenge throughout their lives. So, yeah, that's kind of a bit about reflectors. But what I also wanted to say about the work piece is when we are surrounded by people that have something that we want or embody a trait that we really admire and we want to embody ourselves, it's so powerful when we're able to surround ourselves with those people and in those environments, because we mold and shift and change and kind of become that. So part of the way that we pull things into our life, and to really step towards our purpose is to be super selective about
1: who's in our
2: field and the energy that we're taking in.
1: I love that. So the reason I love this, design so much is because I feel like number one it would have to be in the crazy world that we live in um would be like one of the most misunderstood um it doesn't fit into like from a work performance like the rat race like model of like hustle and you know everything is urgent it's like the opposite of this human design and but what uh, so much about this design really speaks to me because it just, for me, it feels like as much as yes, it's for that human design. I feel like everybody could benefit from just slowing down and taking time with decisions and really being selective about who we're around. Um, All of that is like that, that feels like good advice for everyone, but I see what you're saying that it's like critical if you're a reflector, like you have to take the time to um, make your decisions. And I just find it so fascinating that um, as a reflector, you are more of a chameleon, which is what makes you possibly change your path and careers along the way. And it just, it's, it's so fascinating. And I've said this to you before that I had just envisioned reflectors, being, especially when you said that the nine centers are all open when you're open, you're open to receiving, whether it's from like this realm or another realm. And so like, I always imagine I'm like, oh my God, if our reflector, like I'd like be talking to the ETs. And <laughs> that's literally where my head goes because you have to be an open vessel. Otherwise you cannot receive the communication and you can't be in judgment and you can't be shut off from yourself. And so I find this this human design is so fascinating. I love it. I love you as a person, and I, I can see why we vibe. Manifestor, reflector. But what would you say in terms of if someone is working with a reflector? I feel like with the other ones, kind of straightforward in terms of how to manage them. What would you say if you had like business partners or employees that were reflectors? Like, what is the best way in which to help them? perform the best, but also that is being respectful to their way of working.
2: I love that question so much. Thank you for asking that. And I think that reflectors really deserve to be included and to have their insights really taken into account and valued because what they're picking up on is not going to be obvious to everyone they're picking up on the undercurrent the vibe the bigger picture reflectors really see things as a whole and they are kind of here to guide the collective forward when we talk about projectors they are also guides but more about guiding the individual and reflectors are picking up on the frequency of whatever environment they're in. So really asking them their opinion on things and giving them time to simmer on things and never, ever, ever pressuring a reflector into anything, whether it's plans or to commit to something. And I said this to you when we did the masterclass, but what I have loved about our correspondence is just how chill you have been throughout this whole process when we've needed to change or reschedule. You're just so fluid and easygoing. And that's what really made me want to have this conversation with you and be on your podcast, as opposed to sometimes getting invitations that are locking me into the schedule or this time. And I just feel pressure connected to, to it. That is kind of how I discern what is a no for me? And so reflectors who maybe find the waiting 28 days to be a daunting piece of advice, that's a great check-in is just, do you feel pressured or like you have to rush into this thing? Is there this kind of impulsive feeling within you? That's when you need to kind of rein it in and ground and just take a few deep breaths because, when we feel clear about something, when our vessel has kind of given us the okay, we ideally feel just grounded and like there's no pressure or stress connected to saying yes to this thing or purchasing this thing. So to kind of bring it back to your question is no pressure, no rushing, taking their insights into account and really Taking it in as truth and not like we're just crazy, because sometimes I say things like just observations or in my relationship. And my husband is so wonderful. He really just sees me and understands me. But I find that sometimes I'm just like, okay, don't think I'm crazy. But, and then I'll just like follow with whatever I'm picking up on. And he doesn't ever think I'm crazy, but I have been in other relationships or just friendships or situations in my life where what I was picking up on wasn't seen as truth or wasn't valued. And I felt like, well, I don't even know where this is coming from, but this is just what I'm picking up on. And
1: then I just kind of gaslight myself. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love that advice so much. And I think all of us, especially if we're managing teams, is to please take in that advice about like, allowing everybody to be heard and respecting everybody's opinion. Like I always go into everything, like in a meeting, whether I'm leading the meeting or not, is like, I'd like Mars, go into this conversation with what are you here to teach me? Cause sometimes when we think we have all the information, we're like not open to receiving wisdom from someone else. And I saw this a lot when I was managing in a company and we would be looking at numbers and like, all that mattered was what's, what was black and white. And that's all that mattered. And what I'm hearing you say is that, and which totally resonates for me, like so much, is that when a reflector picks up on energy, like that's equally important. For example, some of the challenges that I've seen in working with companies, like in consulting with companies have been their people. Right. So there's conflict within the some people are not in alignment with the strategy. There's conflict between teams within teams. And that's so valid if we're trying to because we get we get so fixated on a target that all that matters is the target. But the people, the energy, the energy in which we're doing it is the most important part to reaching that target. And so a reflector can pick up on the energy of the room. And I think that's so important. And I hope that's really landing with people because I have picked up on energy in in a room before where I was like, this isn't going to work because nobody's on board. But nobody was saying that they weren't on board. Everybody was okay with it. And of course, it didn't work because they like low key were not on board. So I think that's so important. And then also the part about not rushing them, like just because we have our own timeline, just respect that other people have their own timelines. And if you respect the people that you're working with and you respect whether it's a business partner or someone you're potentially doing a collaboration with the respect, it's so easy and it can go so far. And like, if we all just extended that level of like care and respect to other people's differences i think we i think we would all be a lot happier and I actually think we we perform going back to the theme of this whole conversation is we would actually perform a lot better because i could only achieve so much but then everything else comes down to how well i can work with others you know we're relational beings so if i can't work well with others i can only get so far and i think understanding the differences between us and understanding yourself first. So understanding your human design first and then understanding, wow, okay, these are the different human designs, This is how different we look at things. It allows us to go into everything, whether it's business interactions, conversations in our personal life with our partners, we go in with an open mind. And when you go in with an open mind, there's a lot more understanding that can happen. And when that happens, that's where we create synergy, both in our personal life, and our business life. And so I feel like this tool has like blown my mind in terms of it's like, it's like self-awareness, like on steroids. And it's something that like every single person should know about themselves and if you want to perform well in business you should understand your team too and respect everybody's differences because that's how you're going to get the the results that you desire (laughs) I love talking to you honestly every time you just like you know, grace me with so much wisdom. I just love everything you have to say. Um, I, I admire you as a person and I love you teaching in this space. Um, what are you promoting right now? How can people get in touch with you? I highly recommend your work. So what how, what's the best way?
2: Thank you so much. I'm mostly on Instagram at tanyareyes.hd. I am currently really engrossed in one-on-one mentorships where I'm essentially giving people the tools to become human design readers or to implement it into their work and so currently it's formatted as a 10-week one-on-one immersive to really learn the fundamentals of this system so people can then go out and share it with their clients or, or in whatever capacity They worked and connect with people. It can just be so useful. Um, I want to make sure I talk about projectors
1: before we go. Oh my God, I completely forgot. (laughs) I'm so sorry for all the projectors out there. Don't hate me. (laughs) Yeah, don't
2: worry. I won't leave you hanging projectors. Um, So projectors, as I mentioned, are our guides and they are seers and advisors And they can really zoom in on a person or a system and just get them. And the projector aura is described in human design as penetrating because it's like a spotlight. They zero in on something and they just... Get it, they see you so deeply, and sometimes that can be uncomfortable if you're not ready for it. To be in a projector's presence when they're asking you questions about yourself, it can be kind of an uncomfortable experience if you're not ready for it because they are just so deep in a way like they just zoom in. And so, the projector strategy is so empowering for them, and that is wait for the invitation. And it can sound disempowering when we use the word wait. I have to wait for someone else to give something to me or to invite me to do something. And yes, but what it's really about is building yourself up, spending your time focused on you, becoming a master of your craft, doing the things that feel really good for you so that when someone genuinely sees you as a projector and recognizes you that's when you have the most capacity to experience success because projectors love to be recognized and seen and sometimes i get projectors coming to me or very often and they feel kind of guilty about this need for validation in a way but I always tell them like, it is an innate part of your being to need to be recognized because when a projector is recognized, things just flow. That's when the magic happens for them. And so that's what waiting for the invitation is really about is like in your downtime, doing your thing, building yourself up. That's how people notice you and see you and recognize you. And then the invitation presents itself, whether it's an energetic opening or a literal invitation to do something. But it is really critical for projectors to be in situations where they have that recognition because if they don't, they start to feel really bitter or they feel like they're just like getting so much done and accomplishing everything and no one is paying attention. And that just feels so awful for them. So as a projector, I would really encourage you to just kind of check in what are the aspects of life where you don't feel seen right now where no one's taking notice or supporting you or recognizing you or asking you what you see those are the areas of life where there just is no opening there's no energetic invitation present for you so dial it back and the difference between there being the recognition and not is like night and day for a projector. So really being discerning about where you put your energy, what you say yes to and patience because invitations aren't necessarily going to come a dozen at a time and they're not going to come right away. Sometimes it takes some time for a projector to realign and for those invitations to really emerge for them. So I just encourage you to, A, embrace the fact that you are craving validation and recognition because you deserve that as a projector. It's so important for you to have that and to know that your signature, each type has one, we didn't have time to go into that, but the projector signature is success. So as a projector, you are on this earth to be successful, you will be successful. And the way you do that is by aligning with what feels authentic and true for you and dedicating yourself to that without seeking out different opportunities or forcing your energy on someone or trying to make this thing happen, but to really focus on you and what you want to be. And through that you become more magnetic and you naturally gain the attention and recognition that you deserve and that you need, and that will propel you to
1: success. Ooh, and what percentage of the population are projectors?
2: So about 22 ish percent are projectors. So they're definitely on the rarer side. I mean, one in four people are projectors, but the world isn't built for projectors. And one more thing I'll say on the topic of work, because we haven't really touched on that is your energy as a projector is finite. And so it is so nourishing for projectors to take naps. I mean, you don't have to actually like close your eyes and sleep, but even just getting horizontal in the middle of the day for like 20 minutes can be so regenerating for a projector and to know that you don't have the powerful urge that a manifestor does. You don't have the consistent, steady daily cycle of energy that a generator has. So often projectors are caught up comparing themselves to those types that are really making things happen And it's not that they can't, but they really are here to show us a non-linear path to success. Projectors are here to teach us that you don't have to hustle and grind to be successful. And it's just not sustainable for them to do that. They can maybe hustle and grind and make things happen for a while, but eventually they're going to burn out or they're going to experience adrenal fatigue, or they're just going to experience ill health if they're trying to push and force and make things happen. So the energy piece is so, so key. Projectors are gentle beings. It doesn't mean that you can't be this force to be reckoned with in the world. You absolutely can be. But your physiological experience is going to be a little more gentle in the sense that your energy is finite so yeah projectors reflectors rest is so important manifest everyone needs to rest but kind of just everyone as well has different cues and so really i love how you were talking about your friend the manifesting generator how everything is a bodily experience for her and i just think that is so valuable for everyone because in human design one of the key takeaways, if there are only three things that I would encourage you to learn about with your chart, it would be learning about your type, learning your strategy, and learning your authority. And type is the overarching characteristics of your energy. Strategy is how you're designed to operate in the world. And your authority is how you're designed to make decisions. And When we can really know and understand our authority, it gets us out of our head and into our body and into our physical experience. And it connects us with our actual truth of who we are and what we desire in this life, as opposed to making decisions from the mind. And so, human design really teaches us that we're not meant to make decisions with the mind. None of us are. And so, authority is really the thing to know and understand and experiment with in order to make decisions that are correct for us, engage with people in a way that is authentic and is also not met with resistance or bitterness or disappointment or anger or frustration that are kind of the not self self themes of the types. And yeah, I mean, I could talk about human design
1: all day, but I'm glad we kind of pull it together with the projectors. Yeah, I love that. And what really stood out to me with the projectors is, is that being okay with wanting the recognition because I mean when we talk about personal development in general, there's a push towards, you know, like validate yourself, like you shouldn't be doing it for external recognition, do it for yourself. And of course, that should be your north star should be about you and what your contribution that you want to make in this world but what i'm hearing you say is with the projector like they actually need you to say like well done they they might need that trophy or the plaque and that's like okay and i and i I often liken things to like my children and my daughter is someone she needs you. Look, all children need a, a lot of affirmation, but she needs it a little bit more. And she, she's someone that she's going to need the ribbon, even like the participation one, she's, gonna, <laughs> she's going to need the things like she wants the praise and that um you know, just, it's like a gentle reminder to me to just, honor that in her and not make her wrong or that she's trying to you know like be full of herself but that's just that's just what she needs for her and yeah just honoring the it goes back to honoring the um the differences in everyone so Tanya, what you're saying is that if there's three things to focus on, guys, is first of all, go to the link in the show notes and um, put in your details, and you could pull up um, your human design. And what you want to focus on is your type, your strategy, and your authority. And then from there, you know, if you get really curious, you can learn more. Um, we'll have uh, all of Tanya's details and how you can get in touch with her also um, in the show notes. Kenya, this was amazing. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so, so much. much. I feel so like we much. could talk for like three more hours. I know. percent. So no, have have <laughs> for, for me, it's always a masterclass. Like I'm always learning so much from you. Um, yeah, I just love everything you have to say and I can't wait for us to collaborate in the future. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, it is your birthright.